Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life changing experience. Visit us, Lord. Visit us with your presence. Visit us with your word. In the name of Jesus. We glorify you and praise you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, you may be seated in the presence of God. That's a nice song. Is that not so? We'll confess our iniquities, our transgressions, and our sins. Why? Because he forgives us. We know that he forgives us. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Our iniquities, the sins that are inside of us, our transgressions, which is breaking, transgressing God's laws, breaking God's rules, and then our sins, which is the evil things we do, the wrong things we do. We'll confess them because the Bible says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Not only that, but also to cleanse us. Isn't God a good God? That not only am I forgiving you, but I'm removing the thing that makes you do that thing. Yeah, I'm cleaning you of the thing that makes you make that mistake. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Well, tonight, just for a moment or two, I want to bring this, our discussion on being good for nothing to a close. Why? Because we have the book. Yeah, if you don't have the book, just tell your neighbor, please send me the book. I heard prophets saying that all my books are free, and I know you have it. All to all. Yeah, that project is called All to All, which means giving all the books to all the children. Do you get it? All to all. That's what we call it, all to all. So tell your I know you have it. Why are you being, you God has forgiven you, just... <laughs> hook me up. Amen. Good, good. Because if we dwell on one book forever, we, we imagine we would not finish. So we've broken the seal and like I said, the secret is the title of this book could have actually been How Not to Become Good for Nothing. When you listen to the song, the song tells you that I don't want to be good for nothing. So this book could have been called, I Don't Want to Be Good for Nothing. Do you see? And prophet is opening our eyes to the things that if we do not do, we become good for nothing. We have looked at some of them. We said, let's read our main scripture first. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13. It says, ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. 
Wonderful. So, uh, we've seen that, we've looked at salt. The book looks at salt and how salt becomes useful. Becomes useful for us so that we can do those things. Amen. And we said that when salt loses, fails to give taste to something, you don't make enough influence, it becomes good for nothing. When it doesn't finance, it doesn't salt, you have salt, but you don't, it doesn't generate an income for the people there. Then the shoreline is useless. Amen. And we said as Christians, if we are salt, then we must generate income for the work of God. Amen. That's what we talked about last week. Is that not so? Generate income by paying your tithe, by giving special offerings, by, by giving when there's a need. Amen. That was a very interesting one. When there is a need. And I said, the way we know we can call on you when there's a need is when there are no needs, and you show yourself as somebody who helps. But if you show yourself as a hardened person, when there's a need, it's not easy to come and ask you. Look, begging is not a simple thing, no. No, it's not. A, it takes a lot of um, humility, a lot of shamelessness to beg. So when we, you have not shown yourself, sometimes there's a small need. The battery in the microphone is going on. So I have two in my car. Can we use it? So it's not this type of battery. It's you, we can't use your car battery for it. <laughs> but what it ministers to us is that, oh, this person, if there is a need and you ask the person, the person will help. That's what it ministers to. It shows us that, oh, no, if there's a need and you ask this person, he will help. She will help. She just thought that, you said, what did you say? Battery. And he, she, he knows that he has a battery in his car. So he's going to bring his car battery only to find out that, no, it's too big. I mean, imagine if it's like we hold the battery here. Aha. Uh -huh. But at least what the person has shown us is that I'm available. I'm a giver. I'm ready to help. I'm ready to help. This particular time, I can't help because I don't have what you need. But if I had it, oh, hallelujah. Somebody once said, I don't have. If I has, I would have gave it to you. So, yeah. It's because I don't have. Hallelujah. And so many things. We want to look at the last chapter. In the last chapter, which is chapter 11 of the book, prophet talks about what happens to people who, what happens when you are good for nothing? Do you see? So it can also be why we shouldn't be good for nothing. Amen. What happens when we are good for nothing? Amen. There are eight things. Look at a couple of them and then we go home. Amen. It says, those who are good for nothing will be cut down will be cut down. You know, just as when you have something in your house and it's not good for anything, you do something to it. Is that not so? You, you, you make a plan because they think that's nothing in the house. Of course, there are hoarders, people who hoard things. I mean, some of you have clothes which currently are good for nothing to you, but they will be good for something for somebody else. But you are still keeping them just in case God answers your weight loss prayer. You see, the last time you wore it was before COVID. 
2019, but you are still believing God because that which is impossible with man, with God, is possible. So you, you never know, it can just come to pass that you will drop to that weight, so you are keeping it. Luke chapter 30. <laughs> but generally speaking, when things are good for nothing to us, we all have a way we deal with those things. This is how God also deals with things which don't serve the purpose for which he put them out there. So it says, and he spake a parable. I'm reading from verse 6. And he spake a parable. And he spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard. And he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of the vineyard, Behold, these three years I come seeking fruit of my fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why cumbereth it the ground? And he answered, said unto him, Lord, let it alone for this year also, till I shall dig about it and dunk it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after, thou shalt cut it down. Hallelujah. So he said, God here is saying that a man had a fig tree and for three years he had been coming to look for fruit from it and he got nothing from it. So when he came the third year and he got nothing, he told the, the person who was keeping the dresser that, let's cut it down. Let's not leave it to disturb the ground. The presence of it there is, he said, why cumbereth it the ground? Why does it disturb the ground, it's occupying space, yet it does nothing. As it's there, it's taking water, it's taking fertilizer, it's being dressed, it's being kept, yet it doesn't, when it's time for fig, nothing. So, look, let's cut it down. Now, if we don't serve the purpose for which God has planted us in his house, what will happen eventually is that God will cut it down. Just like this fig tree, God will, will cut it down. Whatever it means practically on the ground, I don't know. But we all know that cutting down is not a good thing. Not at all. I wish I had a revelation that to cut down means that uh, we'll cut your hair or... No, I, I, I just know that to cut down is not a good thing. Hallelujah. It's not a good thing. We all don't want... Let me read. Let me just read even what Prophet... The, the, Let's say the this is like how um, a study Bible is. The books are like a study Bible, a study on a scripture in the Bible. So let's read the commentary. God is not going to sit around and allow you, a good-for-nothing brother, to occupy space. In the scripture above, above, Jesus pointed out that it is not appropriate to leave a good-for-nothing tree standing in the middle of the garden forever. It must be cut down and replaced. It, it is my prayer that this short 
exhortation will help you jump out of every good-for-nothing status that you have acquired for yourself. Being, being nothing in the church and doing nothing in the church makes you good for nothing. Hallelujah. God is not just going to leave you there to occupy the space. It's like you are occupying it perpetually and eternally. When you don't produce what he's looking for. Hallelujah. And at the end, the conclusion is that being in the church and doing nothing makes you good for nothing. Hallelujah. So every one of us in the church, we all have to find something to do in the church. Amen. Each one of us, something to do in the church. I mean, the way our church is, you enjoy it when you do something in the church. I always look at people who don't do anything in the church. They just come and they go. And I, I look at them pitifully because I, what I realize is that they don't get the full experience. Thank you for, for the modern word. The full experience of the church. They are actually surprised when, 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 when we are in church the whole day. Because what they wonder is, what at all are you guys doing? Church has ended long ago. And, 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 and I, 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 I feel that if you were doing something, you will understand why we are here all day. Why this? You, you, because they always what else is there to do? Isn't it not a church? When, what time does church start? Isn't it 10 o'clock? What, what time does it end? Isn't it 1? Is it not 1 o'clock? Has the church not ended? So what again are you people doing there? It amazes them. So many. And even, even between the 10 to 1, people who don't do anything in the 10 to 1, I also feel they don't get the full experience of the church. Yeah, let's say when we talk about soul winning, people getting born again, but you don't, you just come and go. If you are not involved in even bringing people to come and receive Jesus, you will not even. So, as you win souls, be blessed. It doesn't concern you. That, that blessing is not for you. You should even say, I refuse it. Or Passover. Or Tofiakwa. Because it doesn't include you. <laughs> okay, you should even say, Tofiakwa. I mean, you should wait for the blessing of coming to church. Then you, that one, you say, I receive it. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, so let's all, all of us, Make sure you are doing something in the either you are doing something in the ten to one service or the or what makes the ten to one service happen. Because there are some people who also sit in the church in the ten to one and they are not doing anything. But without them, you won't have the ten to one. Without them, you won't have the ten to one because they are the ones who move around, do everything for the ten to one. So even it's even good for them that during the ten to one, they just sit coolly and breathe and catch their breath because the tension on them <laughs> till the ten to one, you have no idea. So you, when it has gotten to your time, you to do your best in the ten to one time because it's your shift. It's their time off in a sense. Yeah, and as soon as one o'clock hits, when you are switching off, their church begins. <laughs> their church begins. Hallelujah. 
So everybody, and everybody under you, you know, many of you are leaders, and you have people under you. Everybody under you, ensure that they don't sit in the church and do nothing. They don't be, no, and everybody can do something. Last Sunday, I met a little girl. I met a little girl. I was told the week before that she came to church. She organized people in her, 20 people from her area, and she brought them to church on a Sunday. So I said, look, who is this little girl? They were trying to tell. She's tall, she's short, she's slim, she's fat, and then she's big, but she's not too big. Look, all their descriptions, I couldn't see what. So I said, me, I want to see the person with my eyes. Because if somebody who can wake up and mobilize 20 people and put them in a taxi and bring them to church, the person deserves my attention. I have to make time specially to see the person. So Sunday, I was standing and said, oh, this is the person. I said, oh, really? Come, let's talk. I mean, come and tell me. And then she started to tell me. She took me to go and introduce me to her mother. I said, look, wherever you want to take me, I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Is this shop right you are taking me to? Let's go. I'll follow. I was just following. Was, she was holding my hand. I was just following like this. Small as small. Now I understood how she could mobilize 20 people too. Because if she could drop the whole bishop to go. Yes. I was just following. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and like that. Yeah. You can do something. And I'm saying, even the people who we have been put in charge of, they can do something. And sometimes we don't let them do anything. What do I, we don't let, we don't trust them enough. Yeah, we don't trust them that they can do something. Meanwhile, God trusts us. Look at the difference between us and God. Look at the difference between us and God. He trusts us. You see, like this Tuesday, it would be good if God himself had shown up right now and he's talking to us. It will be very good. But he trusts that this mere mortal called myself can talk to you. He can talk to you and tell you my mind about you. He trusts. At least if nothing else, you should have sent Moses. Yeah, Moses, because at least we know Moses in the Bible. He met God. Have you seen me meeting God before? But at least Moses, we have a record that he met God. God gave him the Ten Commandments. So he can bring that Ten Commandments and come and read it to us. But God said, no, no, no. Even when the rich man asked Abraham that they should send somebody who has been to heaven, he said, no, 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 we don't, that doesn't work. We don't do that. They have the people who are there with them right now. We trust the people to do their work. We trust them. Now, you don't want to trust the people who are under you that they can also do something. Meanwhile, you with your um, mistakes, your problems, your inefficiencies, inability, God still trusts you. Do you get me with my problems? God still trusts me. You don't want to trust somebody else, another person. Oh, trust them and give them something to do so that they don't become good for nothing. I mean, it will be very painful if somebody becomes good for nothing under you because you didn't give them a chance. Yeah. I mean, this little girl, she said, Oh, it was a nice experience, but she was scared because it's her first time. She had never done something like that. So I was trying to imagine, if we didn't do Swollen Sunday to force people to do something like this, this girl would be sitting there with all this grace. Yeah, all 
this grace over there, like this ability to all just mobile. And Sunday I saw, even when we finished everything, when I, was, I went out, I saw she's there with her taxi and she's calling the people like a taxi driver, a county. Mbali, Mbali, yeah, town, town, town. Yeah, calling the people into the taxi to go home. They trust us. I saw one of our little boys driving a car on Sunday, reversing, going for. I said, ah, you can trust this person to drive this car. Such a big car. It's not, also, it's not just a small car. Many of you, when you started driving, your small car, you are even afraid to go reverse. I remember when James bought his car. Small car. I mean, like, look, if the car, if there's traffic, you can even, you yourself can use your hand to take the car and put it on the other side and go the other way. You can see him driving. This small boy is driving a big car. He, they trust him. And Pastor Melly will sit in the car trusting the boy. Yet you can't trust the boy to organize five people, ten people to bring them into the house of God. That's hypocrisy. You trust him with your life. That I'm sitting in the car with your, you, your wife, your children, your, 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 your occupants of your house. You trust the guy with your life oh, that he can drive you on the road. It's time to trust him that he can do the work of God. <laughs> Let's give our people a chance. Hallelujah. Number two. I said this one. It's a short family. Short, short here, there. So number two. Those who are good for nothing will be replaced. They will be replaced. Esther 4.13 and 14. Then Mordecai commanded to answer Esther. Think not with thyself that thou, should, thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall there be enlargement and deliverance, then shall there enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom? For such a time as this. Esther had been elevated, put in the king's palace, got in a position. And the children of Israel needed deliverance. And she was giving excuses and stories. Why, why things are different. Why things are, don't happen like that in the king's palace. So Mordecai sent to go and tell Esther that, don't, why do you think God even gave you this opportunity? Why do you think God gave you this breakthrough? Why do you think God helped you to get to the palace? Do you think it's for you to buy nice clothes and go for ceremonies and parties and, and events? Is that all? Maybe God brought you into the kingdom for this particular reason. If you don't rise up and do what you have to do, meaning that at this current time you are good for now. I mean, if you have a powerful position, what, what use is it to us if we can't call you when we need help? Well, I mean, one of the prayers I'm praying is that one of my church members will become a big man, a big man traffic cop. Whether big man or big woman, traffic cop. Traffic cop. Yeah, 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 yeah. Between president and traffic cop, I think I need a traffic cop friend more than even the president. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, police woman, police boss. Becky Trailer, please, if you see him, tell him I'll love him to be my church member. I need a Becky Trailer type of friend. Yeah, so imagine Becky Trailer is, 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 is our church member, comes to church, goes. But if we have a problem, we can't call him. Hey, then what is the use to us? Yeah, you're just occupying space in the church. Yeah, it's just occupying space in the church. Any of you, whatever job you do, when we face a problem in it, you are the first person we call. Like, hey, we are having this legal issue. What should we do? What, what we advise us before we run ahead of ourselves and rather go and incriminate ourselves when we have not committed any crime? So imagine you are a lawyer, but we can't call you. We cannot call you. One day we bought something from some people, then they were not delivering. For a long time, they were not delivering. At a point, we ran out of patience. We told them, send us our money back. Then they started to play games with us. I was sitting there one day, then I remembered that, ah, I know a lawyer. I think this thing of sending email is enough. I know a lawyer. I said, call the lawyer. The lawyer said, I'll write a letter to them. The lawyer wrote to them, only once our money came back. I don't know how they could tell whether this, I'm sure when she, she wrote, I put it to you. Then they saw I put it to you. They saw this case is going to become a very serious case. They just sent our money. Immediately, I mean, they released our money. Hey, we have been calling them everything. So imagine you know somebody in a position. Now there's a problem coming. And we can't call Esther. Esther said, look, things are different. They don't, things don't work like that. You don't know how life is in, in the palace. Find a way. Find what? A way. You, we have you there, so find a way. So, Mother Castle, you think that you are going to escape. If you don't wake up and do something, God will find somebody else. When we don't, we don't serve God's purpose, what it provokes God to do is to find somebody else. To find somebody else. I always, I always warn people, when you start to criticize these type of pastors who give people grass, do you remember we had a pastor who was feeding the people grass? He said, somebody is giving them this. Somebody, somebody has died, doom. They were doing doom spray. Uh, they, somebody, um, petrol. Hey, petrol. Do you see somebody died, woke up, had a phone call in there. All these things. You know why these things are there? The reason is because the real people God is calling, we are not responding. We are not waking up to do the work. We are not waking up to do it. That's why other people, I mean, it's like, look, I will take this one with his mistakes like that too. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Look, I'm telling you, if white people wake up that they will do the ministry, maybe God will not need us anymore. Yeah. Yeah, if they wake up that they will do the ministry, just as when they take anything they want to, they do it to the final conclusion. They wake up that now the ministry is what they want to do and go everywhere with the gospel. Oh, a lot of this grass eating will come to an end. Yeah, I look at my schoolmates, sometimes they'll be told, every day they, they, they have a pastor too. To, to, to on board, to criticize. He has done something. Why did he do this? A pastor is speaking English like there every nail shall bow. Uh, yeah, uh, yes. Uh, I said, look, you, 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 God bless you. You went to good schools. You learned how to speak. In. Yesterday, I heard somebody 
speak. My wife was, we were looking for something, and my wife was showing me a video. As I heard the person speaking, I saw that, oh, the, the person speaks white people's English. But I saw that she, the person learned how to speak English abroad. He didn't learn how to speak English in school. Yeah, there's a difference between school English, a big, a big, big difference. The, and then English that you've learned from television, from abroad, clear difference. Bishop, what's that? Oh, so many. That, if you learn from, that's why you can see a guy and say she. Yeah, if you learn from school, they'll tell you, don't say she for a male. You, you just listen to their tenses. Thank you. Good girl. Mm, she went to school. Not television. You listen to their tenses. You see, the tenses will be knocking each other. Yeah, they say, I have came. Yeah, I have came. You, you can't have came. You came. Or you have come. <laughs> you what? You told dead me. Uh -huh. You can't told dead me. How did you told dead me? Anyway, that's not what we are talking about. But I'm saying that if we rise up and do the work, we will not be replaced. Rise up and serve God's purpose. Rise up and care for God's sheep. Rise up and care for God's church. Rise up and take the gospel where the gospel must go, which is everywhere. Then we are serving God's purpose. Then we don't have to be replaced. But if we are only sitting in the church, just dressing up, doing makeup, and no, no like, look, your press, one of the things Saul does is that it influences. It the ice is used for the icing, like let's say defrosting things. Yeah, when there's snow, they pour the salt there to melt the snow away. So if your presence doesn't influence where you are, create a good atmosphere in the as a Christian, God is a God is a problem. God must find somebody else, especially if that's what He put you in the place for. God must find somebody else. Can somebody say amen? amen? Number three. Those who are good for nothing will be thrown into outer darkness. Into outer darkness. Now, those of us in South Africa, I think we understand darkness enough. The way we all don't like darkness. We understand. I mean, we don't need... We don't need prophet to explain this to us. We don't need him to give us a window. We all don't like it when, 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 when this weekend I was somewhere and then the light just started to blink. I started to warn the person, be careful. Then I learned that, oh, that place, there's no load shedding, like in the way we know it. I said, hey, I like this place. We all don't like, we were there, we look at Peter Mary, the plenty places were in darkness. We started to pity those of you who are in Peter Marisbeck. <laughs> because we were on top of a hill. So we could see Marisbeck down there. See, this place is dark. Pastor Lungani's house, darkness. Pastor Spa's house, darkness. Everywhere, darkness. I said, hey. Oh, we are happy. We'll be here. We'll be here until we see light at that place. Because we all don't like darkness. We all don't like it. And we don't, what we, you see, even our, our, our doom saw, 
which is the Greek word for load shedding. Our load shedding here, at least you can know the time. You know that when it comes two hours, you have some. Even that one, as we get used to the two hours is long. But if the power goes off, and it's not your load shedding time, and how do you know if it's not your load shedding? When it goes off at maybe 13 past. If it's, if it's, if it's, if it's Ramaphosa's load shedding, it has to be on the top of the hour. If it's not on the top of the hour, then there's a problem. 14 past, 17 past. I say, hey, was the person late to work or what? Hey. You don't know when it's coming. They say there's a, especially when they send a WhatsApp on the community group. That, look, you become restless. Because you can't plan. Because you don't know. Maybe even it's going on for seven minutes. But because you don't know when it will come on. You can't even make any plans. If you know it's two hours, let's start a prayer meeting. Two hours will finish. Let's do something. Okay, let's sleep. Two hours will come. But hey, you don't know when it's coming. You become restless, uncomfortable. The Bible says that in the parable of the talents, the talents. The guy who didn't do anything in Matthew 25, the Lord said, cast this unprofitable good for nothing servant into outer darkness. Put him in darkness. In that darkness, there's not like this type of two hours load shedding. It's a perpetual and eternal darkness. We all don't want to be in that situation. When God had an unprofitable servant, he put that unprofitable servant in outer darkness. That's why we should all fight not to become good for nothing. Number four, I'm giving you five and then we go home. It says, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. In that darkness, people will be weeping and there will be gnashing of teeth. People's teeth will grind against each other. And teeth grinding against, you only grind when something difficult is happening. It's like you are, you are hardening yourself. You are flinging so that you can, you can take the pain. Number four, it says, those who are good for nothing will be cursed. Matthew 11, 12, and four, 12 to 14. It says, on the morrow, when they were come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree afar off, he came, if happily he might find anything thereon. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For the time of figs was not yet. And Jesus answering and said unto it, No man eat fruit of thee hereafter forever. And his disciples heard it. When Jesus came to look for fig from the fig tree and got nothing, he cursed the fig tree. He put a curse on the fig tree forever. That it will, nobody will get fruit to eat from. It, the Bible says when they came the next day, it had withered, it had dried. And Peter called him to remember and said, Master, behold, the fig tree which thou cursed. Yeah, Peter remember. Ah, is this not the fig tree that Jesus cursed yesterday? 24 hours later, it was dry. It, perhaps this is the reason why some Christians are just drying up. Drying up. Drying up. 
because we don't have time for anything that is God's thing. Like that we will not do anything to, be, to, to even provide fruit for God. Hallelujah. Let me read the commentary to you. Curses await those who are good for nothing. The fig tree Jesus cursed was good for nothing. No one eats fig leaves and fig branches. Oh, once there is no fruit on the fig tree, it was cursed. Once there was no fruit on the fig tree, it was cursed. If Jesus comes to you seeking fruit and finds none, you can only expect a curse. The lack of fruit in your life makes you good for nothing. Mm. May we never be in this state. I said, may we never be in this state. Amen. Number five. Those who are good for nothing will be poor. The prodigal son turned himself into a good for nothing and worthless son. He was condemned to poverty and living with pigs. If you make yourself into a good for nothing son, you will be condemned to lack and to endless searching for things which you would have enjoyed automatically. Luke, Luke 15, I'm reading from 11. It says, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give unto me the portion of goods that falleth unto me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance on wild living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. Now, you look at this prodigal son, things that he had in his father's house, he was enjoying in his father's house, didn't have to do much. He just had to be a good son who does. We can tell what the prodigal son had to do by looking at the older son, what he was doing. He was going into the field to look after the father's sheep, cattle, all the things. That's all. Just a caretaker. And that's what I'm sure the younger son had to also do. But he decided to become a good-for-nothing son. And he, by that, he went and spent everything that even his father gave to him to the point where he had nothing. Nothing. And, he went, and wherever he went, he was still looking after animals. The same thing he would have done at home and be perpetually and eternally rich. He was doing that same thing somewhere else. But this time, he was looking after that which is accursed. You see, in his father's house, he would have been looking after cattle, sheep, goats. But in the foreigner's land, he was looking after pigs, which to the Israelites was accursed. So he was doing what? The same effort, the same strength he was using. When you see people in church who do nothing, go and see them elsewhere. Go on campus and see them with SASCO or EFF. You will see that. You say, this one, she's very shy. Very shy. Ownerless shy. Go and see her somewhere else. Some time ago, I was telling some brothers that, oh, I, I was just mentioning a sister in the church. I said, oh, this sister, she's very... She looks very modest. She must be a good girl. And I was saying that, oh, 
Charlie, if people will even listen to advice, this will be a girl that I can recommend. For them, her taste is mellowed taste. This, oh. So as I was talking, one brother was there. He was just laughing in his head. He was just laughing. But, but I could see the head. I could see the bubbles. Although the laughter was not coming out. I could see the bubbles. So I leaned closer to the, the, the laughing brother. So when everybody moved away, because it's not everything you say in public. Don't try to disgrace everybody, somebody in public. He said, oh, Bishop. Hmm. Hmm. You don't know. <laughs> you d- I said, I don't know what. He said, hey, you should see her standing on a table dancing mapuka. That's where you see that there's something in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I said, brother, how do you know? He said, oh, I've gone, look, I, I have gone around that territory before. It's, it's not like I'm saying that she's bad, but so that you don't go somewhere and go and put the whole church on it, only for her to swerve all of us. You are my pastor, so I'm, I just want to give you a heads up. Because I, I won't be surprised that you will go somewhere, you have confidence. Just as you have confidence in all of us, you will go and put us as a ransom for this sister. So, mm-hmm, I'll bet my church on it. Meanwhile, I'm inside the church. So, I want to tell you before. <laughs> yeah, I want to tell you before that. Don't change your testimony, but you keep it here. Keep it here. <laughs> Mm. You should see her on a table dancing mapuka, mapuka. <laughs> You'll be shocked. So you see them quiet in the church. Go and see them on campus. Go and see them at home. I don't even want to talk about work. Go and see them at their workplace. Go and see them. Toy, toy, sometimes toy, toy, mean people. Go and see them when the family is doing their work. They are the ones who are moving around, organizing everything. When they come to church, it's like they don't know how to do it. They can move the whole family from Peter Marysburg to Jobek for an event and bring them back. But they can't move three people from, um, what do you call it, not there, to church. The same people, they, when they come, they're just quiet. They can't lift a finger. I'm shy that I have somebody to join the choir. So, I'm a very shy person. I say, your lipstick alone. Your lipstick alone. Your lipstick. Even just the, the boldness of your lipstick tells me that you are not shy. It's just that when it comes to the choir, you say you are shy. Your lipstick. Your lipstick. Yeah. Yeah. I said, the person, this guy who doesn't want to be at home to look after the cattle and look after the sheep, he can look after pig. Looking after sheep and looking after pig, which one do you think is difficult? Which one do you think is difficult? Which one do you think is difficult? Which one is more honorable? You, you and your sheep. The sheep they, they, sheep, they don't go anywhere. They are just where they are. You tell them, move, then we start to go. They follow where you are going. 
Look, they don't even get that dirty. But you are now with the, the, the pig. You can't even catch them. Yeah. Yeah. And they can bite you. Dangerous. Dangerous. Smelling. But he can take, he can take care of them out to the point that he wants to even eat their food. Hmm? He wants to eat their food. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather eat with pigs than eat like a prince in my father's house. So, there'll be plenty. You see them say so we are organizing 21st birthday party. They can organize 43 people to come for the party, but they can't take three people to church. Everybody is wearing white at the party. Everybody is wearing white. Transport organized. Everything. Yeah. Book a place in Durban and take all of them to Durban. Yeah, beach front the whole weekend to celebrate 21 years of being on this earth. But they, and everybody will pitch. And everybody will pay for it. Yeah, everybody will pay for it. Everybody will buy their dress. Everybody will have all the things that they need for the event. There will not even be one person who doesn't have it. And there will not even be one person who doesn't show up. I'm telling you. White from Dubai. White from Dubai. Yeah. yeah. They'll put something on their face, a stone from Brunei. They'll put it on, everybody has one. They ordered it from Brunei. Everybody has one, it's on their forehead. You, do, you wonder, if you, how did they see, know that this stone exists? From Brunei. Do you know Brunei? Yeah, they'll go to Brunei. Hmm? Yeah. With, 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 White, uh, look, white from Dubai, white. When you see, say, hey, it's very nice. I'm going to look for, you look for one everywhere you can find. You wonder how they got it. They got it. Just to organize a few things to wear to do dancing stars, they'll tell you they don't have. Just a t-shirt for dancing stars, they say they don't have. Where am I going to get it from? Where, where do you, is the church going to pay it for me? That, then they start. The same people. Same. You hear that matric ball is coming. That's why you see how people can organize things. Matric ball. Cars. I mean, they can even organize guys. Guys. Bodyguards. Guys to go with. I mean, look. I'm telling you. The same people just organized three people from Warb to bring to church on Sunday for them to be born again. I can't. I'm shy. I'm shy. Even sometimes they don't say it to. They look at you, even you feel shy for them. You, the person asking them to do that, you feel shy for them. It's like, you say I should come and stand here and speak in tongues. Me, come and lead the prayer. I'm shy. I'm shy. I can't talk. I'm shy. I can't talk. Go and see the same person. Go and see the same person at another place. 
leading an argument at the workplace. He has led the argument and he has jumped onto the table. I want you to know the same person at the office at the, in the boardroom. He has jumped onto the table and shouting at his boss. Yeah. You think that we can't you, you can't cheat us here? We want hey. <laughs> yeah. He has removed his, his shirt at work. He's standing on the same on the table. You say, come, you look, just go and lead the prayer and let the people say, I'm shy. I'm shy. I don't know, I don't know what to say. After church, you see the same person outside. You'll be wondering, ah! No, it's not him. It's him. It's not him. No, 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 it's not him. He doesn't talk like this. You'll be surprised. You'll think he's a taxi driver when he's outside. Hey! Hmm. See him on TikTok. Church, church, let's rise up and do something for the Lord. Let's rise up and do something for the Lord. So that these unfortunate things, the next one is that those who are good for nothing will be eaten by birds. The, the last three are rough. I don't want to even get there. Be eaten by birds. Let's do something for the Lord. That God can look at us and say, well done. Good faithful servant. God is just looking for two things. Be good at what you are doing and be faithful with it. That's all. And being good at something comes from being faithful at it. Yeah. When I started to preach, this is not how I used to preach. I have gotten better at it by continuously preaching, being faithful at it, being faithful at it, being faithful at it. Yeah. Anything, if you're singing, as you keep singing, you get better. Cooking. As you keep cooking, you get better. I mean, the reason why your cooking doesn't land is because you cook once a while. And when you cook, when you cook this time, you realize something which you wanted to fix. But by the time you are cooking again, you are forgotten. You are forgotten what you really said. Oh, when I was cooking, at this particular point, I made this mistake. Next time I won't do it. But the next time you are going to cook is next year. By that time you have forgotten. You come and do the same thing again. And you repeat the mistake. But if you are cooking every day, every day, every day. You see this, you correct it tomorrow. Then you correct it. You only get better. You only get better. You only get better. That's why they say practice makes perfect. Practice as you keep doing so. As you, you are faithful with the thing that God has given you to do, you become better at it, better at it. One day, when we meet the Lord, may he say to us, well done, good and faithful servants. I called you in Peter Marysburg. I called you in South Africa. You were good with what I asked you to do, and you were faithful with it. Just come into my rest. That's all. That's all we want to hear. Well done, good and faithful. May this be said to us. In the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's bring the service to a close. Am I good for nothing?
Tell your neighbor, just send it to me. I want to read it and be meditating on it myself. Just send it to me. I know you have it. I know you have it. Bishop has done his part. Now you send it to me. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray tonight. Pray that whatever God has said to you, the Holy Spirit will continue to work on it. Work on until a best fruit in your life. Until what, what does it mean for it to bear fruit? Until we start to do it. Until we start to do it. A best fruit in our life. Lift your voice wherever you are. Just pray for yourself, right? Now. Lord, what you have said to me, mighty Holy Spirit, yes, continue to work on it. Yes, continue to work on it. Holy Spirit, stir me up. Stir up your word within me, Lord. Until I begin to do it, Lord. Until I begin to do it, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. That when you come, you will say to me, Well done. Good. And faithful servant. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. Well done. Good. And faithful servant. Lord, anything that stops us from obeying your way, help us by your spirit. Help us by your spirit. Help us by your spirit to overcome it. To overcome it. To overcome it. That we will do it. We will do it. Holy Spirit, help us. Help us. Jesus said you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my followers. Lord, let the power of the Holy the enabling power of the Holy Spirit fill every one of us to do your work. To do your work. And to do your will. We thank you. We bless you. We thank you. We give you glory. Yes, Lord. We give you praise. Yes, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Say amen. Amen. Wonderful. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus. Dear Lord Jesus. I thank you for tonight. I thank you for tonight. I come to you. Just you. as I am. Just as I am. Please forgive me. Please forgive of all my sins. Of all my sins. I believe. I believe that you died for me. That you died for and me. you rose again. And you rose. I confess you. I confess you as my Lord. As my Lord. And my Savior. And my Savior. From today. From today. I will live for you. I will live for you for the rest of my life. For the rest of. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. For dying to save me. For dying to save Amen. me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? And you may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083 773 1605. God richly bless you.